You're listening to the Kindred 360 Podcast with your hosts, Pastor Rod Idle, Matt Smith, and Lindsay Terry. The Kindred 360 Podcast is an extension of Kindred Church in Midlothian, Virginia. At Kindred, we help people find their purpose. We believe that God designed us to be surrounded by others who love and care for us. We call this your tribe. We invite you to be part of our tribe today, so enjoy the fun, inspiration, and introspection. All in today's episode of Kindred 360. Now, Pastor Rod Idle. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Rod. Nice to have you here with our Kindred 360 episode 2. Thanks for being with us, our podcast, and we're excited to have you. You know, this past week, I had a great opportunity to have a Luther Burger. Has anybody ever had a Luther Burger? Matt, I know you have. You were with me. Yeah. Pretty awesome, right? Y'all went right? without me. Mm. Mike, you had a Luther Burger once, didn't you? Actually, yes, and I nearly died. <laughs> uh, Mike found something. In fact, I'd never heard of it. And Mike found this, uh, I don't know what you call it, just something on YouTube, right? Was it on YouTube, Mike? No, I went to Sugar Shack in the morning to get a donut and a coffee because I had a client over that way. And uh, I noticed that they're in the same building. There was another like food. Like I didn't know what it was. And I see Luther Burger. I'm like, oh, what is this? So I walked over there, grabbed a menu, and... Told everybody, I told, I texted you guys and said, "Hey, you know, we need to try this out." And um, I had two of them, <laughs> two of them, dude, two different ones, dude. two different ones. Now, if you don't know what a Luther Burger is, Mike's going to help us out here. He's got a little um, something he found online about Luther Burger. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and play that and tell everybody, tells our audience what it is. Hmm. Present to you the Luther, a full pound burger patty covered in cheese, grilled onion, five strips of bacon, all sandwiched between two donuts, two Krispy Kreme donuts. It's called the Luther because it was supposed to have been invented by Mr. Luther Vandross himself. Luther Vandross is dead. And what's your point? Hmm? Is this one of your menus? Sausage and waffle and fried chicken breakfast lasagna. Yep. Bacon wrapped chitlin stuffed catfish. Granddad, you can't serve this kind of food to people. It'll cause death. Now, you might have heard that intro right there, and it was talking about the Luther Burger. Now, I got to tell you, in case you didn't know it, there's a place attached to the Sugar Shack Donut Shop there on Huguenot, and it's called Luther's Burgers. And I went there this week. Matt and I went over there. We had to try it. We had we heard all about this burger where the buns are made from Krispy Kreme donuts. I imagine there's Sugar Shack Donuts there. And we went and we had a Luther burger with the donuts as the bun. And I want to tell you, it was absolutely incredible for me. Matt, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. You know, it took you, when you first bit into it, you were digging it, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. It took me a few bites to get into it. But man, let me tell you, uh, after about my third bite, it was killer. Yeah. I, I was really, really enjoying it. I, 
I enjoyed it. I mean, a couple hours later, I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it the thing is, it, it is a brick in your gut. Yeah, I it's mean, a bomb. And we felt like total slobs as That's we right. were eating it. I mean, yeah. it's just like you're eating donut grease. I mean, <laughs> grease and donut, grease and donut. Lindsay, they went without Lindsay, me. Lindsay, Lindsay, they, what do you think? What do you think, Lindsay? Me. We did go without Lindsay. She I went was, to run an errand or something. No, and you I, went out to lunch oh, with your family. Oh yeah. Yeah. That we was an offered. Errand. We offered to stay. <laughs> You you did good um, going with your family, and uh, let's text. put it this way. You felt better in the afternoon than we I did. I did, but listen, <laughs> I'm sitting in Wendy's, and I get texts of these donut burgers. Yeah. Which, honestly, I really have been wanting to try a donut burger. Although, after the conversation we had after y'all had it, I was kind of glad I didn't. But yeah. I, it's still on my it. bucket list. You, you got to try, try it. it. Yeah. I mean, you got to try it once. I mean, it's good. So if you're out there and you haven't been to Luther Burgers, I want to tell you, give it a shot. You're going to enjoy it. The people were very friendly. Yep. Um, the lady at the, the young lady at the counter, she was cool. Um, I had the sour cream and chive uh, dusting on my um, French fries. Matt, you had Dragon's Fire or something? Dragon's, I had the Dragon's Breath. See, Dragon's see what breath. Rod's talking about is they offer waffle fries and they've got like, what, how many were like 10, 12 yeah, different like, like that. Uh, dried uh, seasonings, dry seasoning they would shake on it. And so I was just like, whatever, if we're going to try this for the podcast, I'm going all the way. So I got Dragon's Breath. Hey, hey guys, um, I had two burgers. I couldn't decide which one I wanted. Really? Gross. And so <laughs> I did the burger, normal, and then I did a crab cake no burger, you didn't and i which one was Mel better carry me out of the building <laughs> did you eat them both did you eat them I, both? I ate them both oh how my. was the crab cake burger i respect was you. that on a donut because ew i didn't do the donut because i was afraid of me going and overload um you know, insulin overload. i have new respect for you though i gotta tell you resent does anybody can walk in there and eat two and leave that's uh i mean not have to call the ambulance well that's, i'm not that's... gonna go back for another three months now because i think i've ever did it yeah, only yeah. <laughs> only three months it's it's good i'll tell you if yeah. you guys want to try something different it's good i hope you i hope you do it well listen uh this is our second podcast and what a great opportunity it is we appreciate um some of the comments we received and the feedback there and we're going to talk a little bit about that later um but gosh we we just appreciate you taking time being with us allow us to come into your car come into your home um, whatever, and just share a little bit with you today. And it's always good to be with my team, Lindsay and Matt and Mike and Lindsay. I'll tell you, I know that you had a really kind of a cool experience yeah. this weekend. You got to go up to Ashburn, Virginia, yes. the Christian Fellowship Church. Yeah, it's uh, if you don't know where Ashburn is, it's one of the metros of D.C. just outside. And we have family up there. We lived there previously. My husband, Josh, his parents live up there. And uh their church was doing a conference that we got invited to go to. And um, so my kids got to hang out with Mimi and grandpa all day on Saturday, which they were so excited about. Um, and my friend and I went to the conference and it was really cool. It's called Encounter. And really what it's about is just learning. It's healing, receiving your identity in Christ and learning to hear God's voice better. And so it was a lot all in one day. It was kind of like overload. Um, but it was, it was really good. And it, you know, a lot of introspection and, yeah, good. and it was, it was a neat experience. What I'm was the, uh, what was the theme this year? Encounter. 
It's oh, it, oh, I thought <laughs> that was the name of the conference. It is, but it it's is. kind of it's okay. the same. They do it every so often, and it's kind of the same. They have Encounter One and Encounter like Two. Gay and I went to Encounter One probably okay. five six years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, like Lindsay said, that's a church that we all attend. That I attended as well. I was on staff there as well, and um, great church, great people. Uh, Brian Bales, their uh, senior lead guy, he's a good dude, and. Um, Encounter is a is a really neat, especially Encounter One. I got so much out of Encounter One, and um, you know, Lindsay, you you went up there and you hung out, and you got to see your friend, and and you got to go to it. If you could have one takeaway from that that eight nine hours, see, when I did it, it was Friday night and Saturday. So if you could have a takeaway from that day, what would be one thing you go? You know what? This just really blessed me. Well. I, I don't, this was one thing that was kind of cool. So they had it broken up. I think there was seven sessions. It was really wow. intense on Saturday. Um, but so they would have a session and then they would have kind of a guided prayer activation time. And, um, and every other session they would have this prayer ministry time. Yeah. And the way they explained it is we're not doing anything that you can't do in your relationship with God. Sure. Um, but sometimes it's like when you're open in a pickle jar, how you work and work and work and you can't get it to pop open and you hand it to somebody else and it's like right away it pops open. Yeah. So it's kind of like they were explaining that's what the prayer ministry is about. You can connect with God in this way, but sometimes you just need someone to come alongside you and help for you. open that spiritual pickle jar. Good for you. The spiritual pickle jar. <laughs> spiritual pickle jar. By the way, there were pickles on the side of the Luther Burger. I just want to throw that in there. So yeah, that's really good, Linz. I'm glad you got to go to it. I know that um, Josh's folks uh, enjoyed their time with the boys. I'm mm -hmm. sure. Um, so good to hear. And uh, like I said, good people up there at, at Christian Fellowship Church. And so uh, that was really cool to experience that. I have. <clears throat> been reading a lot today and last couple days and one of the things honestly that i've been spending a lot of time on truthfully is what is going on in this world right i mean i have spent time on headlines and reading articles i usually just breeze over and i don't even read and i'm spending more time on them and reading them i don't know why it just seems like it's really hitting me and i know matt you wanted to discuss a little bit of that and kind of bring that to the forefront of some of the things that are going on out there the trends that are happening that we're seeing so i want to give you a little time to yeah that's right and um, one of stuff. the one of the articles you actually shared with me i thought it was so uh honestly eye-opening uh, truthfully, uh, uh, basically the article that, uh, I read, uh, outlined that in China over the last few months, uh, the, uh, the Chinese government has been pulling down and replacing images of Christianity and of Jesus. And they've been replacing them with the communist party and the communist yeah, leader there. It's crazy. Yeah. They, t they say that, um, anything that is not communist, um, will not be shared. In fact, they're not even, they're not just pulling down posters, but they're refusing to allow kids That's to right. go to church. Even children to go to allowed. a Christian church. You're they are not allowed to go. That's right. And and, and to take it even a step further, uh, they are sanctioning churches that are the approved churches by the government. And right. so you can you can understand the slippery slope that is. I mean yeah. pretty soon it's uh they're 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 preaching what they want and not what God wants and what what is uh the truth that's found in God's word. 
it's it's an awfully scary event. I was just amazed. I mean, because honestly, one of the most effective, I don't know if you guys knew this, one of the most effective areas in the world that missionaries are having, uh, let me say it this way, having the greatest amount of effect is in China. That's right. Mm -hmm. But it goes to prove that the persecuted church is usually the fastest growing church. That's correct. So... Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. If you haven't had a chance to read that, I got that. I sent it to Matt. I got it off Drudge Report. But uh, wherever you get your news, I'm sure if you search it out, you'll find it. Yeah, I found a good uh, article. It's an older one, right as it was beginning, uh, and they were putting the policies in place as, from a government. But uh, I found one on uh, Christianity Today as well, and uh, it's got some really good stuff in there. Cool. For instance, can I, can I add one thing? I just thought, wow, this this jumped out at me. Uh, uh Chinese people were were arguing about about these regulations that were coming down, and they were saying, "Listen, we believe that Jesus is the one who heals us." And the the, the government's response was, "No, Jesus can't heal you. It's it's the Communist Party that's going to be able to heal you." And they're talking about physical illnesses wow. and things like that. I mean, just really kind of uh, like I said, eye opening. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Anything else you want to throw our way? Nope. <laughs> Okay, I thought you, all right, my mistake. All right, good deal. Well, thanks, Matt, for sharing that. I know that um, anytime you guys have something that maybe you'd like to hear us discuss or talk a little bit about or whatever, you can send it to that email address at the end of that Lindsay will give you. Lindsay, what's that email address again? It is kindred360podcast at gmail.com. There you go, good good to know so kindred 360 podcast at gmail.com is that right yep all right so in the 360 and it doesn't have to be just email or just news it can be anything yeah we'll get into that but yeah i mean our email addresses for anything you want to um just say something you want to ask about maybe having us do something different or whatever we want to hear from you so don't be afraid that's kindred 360 podcast at gmail dot com and the 360 is the number 360 all right so thanks a lot you guys i appreciate it listen last week i got to talk to you a little bit um about ambition and um <clears throat> you know i enjoyed that i really did but what i didn't want to do is i didn't want to just come out and um just talk to you straightforward and that's it you know what I mean? I wanted to allow some stronger input from my team, from Matt and Lindsay and and even Mike. Mike is here, and he's more than welcome to um, uh, share with us or his thoughts or whatever like that. But um, today, <clears throat> what I want to start the discussion with is I would like to have a discussion on criticism. Mm. So... What I want to ask you, I'm going to start out by asking you guys, and you give me a little short thought, not how do you handle criticism, we'll get into a little bit of that, but what I want to know is, how do you think you are, how do you yourself, how are you at handling criticism? How good are you at handling criticism, or how bad are you at handling criticism? Who wants to go first? Not great. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, obviously nobody likes to be criticized, whether it's constructive or destructive. But um, 
I don't know. I have a hard time not immediately feeling it's personal. Right. And so that's, that's a big struggle for me is shutting up that voice. That's like, they hate you, you know, and, right. and really taking to heart what they're saying and seeing, is this real? Do I need to consider this? So, mm. yeah, I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, but I don't think I always have been, uh, I think early on, especially in my ministry, man, I was awful at receiving, uh, feedback and criticism. And I think so much of it, like you were saying about taking it personal is because I drew value from, from my work and yeah, these good. things like that. And so I, I, I responded poorly. I, I remember there were times early on, I could tell you about elders meetings where like one time I came out and I kicked my car. I was so mad. And I look back at that and, uh, and that was a, a poor response. I think now I'm much better at it. I mean, I think I still get those initial flare-ups. I mean, you can't help but respond sure. defensively, but I think I'm pretty good at just kind of, sure. I'm an emotional uh, being, and so you read me, but I think I'm pretty good at just kind of smoothing those out and just really shutting up and just being really quiet and listening when uh, those opportunities come. Well, you know, the reason I ask is I've never experienced criticism, so never. I don't <laughs> know really how to handle it. I know, you're so perfect. Um, well, I'd prefer to use a different term, so maybe that's critical. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, the truth is we all know that criticism can be really hard to deal with, you know, and I know <clears throat> that criticism comes. I heard a quote by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he said this, get a friend to tell you your faults, or better still, welcome any enemy who will watch you keenly and sting you savagely. What a blessing such an irritating critic will be to a wise man. Now, I got to tell you, I like Spurgeon a lot. In fact, I respect Spurgeon. I, I really do. But <laughs> I have no desire to go up to people, especially people who are I might consider an enemy of sorts or not my friends, and say, please do me a favor. Watch me pick out all my faults, tell me all my problems. And if you'd like, maybe sprinkle it with a little bit of your personal indignation and anger toward it <laughs> and really make me feel bad about myself. I mean, the truth is, thanks, Chuck Spurgeon, but I have no interest in doing that anywhere, anyplace, anytime. Now, the reason that is, is because, like I said, criticism, it's a difficult thing to receive. Yeah. It really is. I mean, but the truth is we should teach that criticism should be understood as something that is expected in life. And I think we're losing that. You know, there was a day when criticism wasn't ne didn't hold near the weight that it does today. Mm. And I think one of the reasons is, is because we don't like to let anybody think that anybody could possibly be critical of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like... We have a big thing in raising the kids now in Little League and schools and stuff and that everybody is a winner mentality. And the idea that it doesn't matter if you win all the games or win none of the games, everybody gets a trophy and everybody's the best and everybody's a winner. And you know me, um, I'm old school, I played a lot of ball and man, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think there's better ways to do it, but I also think that sometimes when you take away the understanding that sometimes people are going to be critical of us or they're going to recognize some failures on our part or some weaknesses on our part, and they might even exploit it, um, I think we have to understand that that's a real thing. And if you take that away and you don't teach Johnny and Susie that thing, 
and you let Johnny and Susie believe that everything they do is great, you know, the whole outcome-based education of two plus, if Johnny believes two plus two is five, then that's okay. That's right for Johnny. And by the way, if your name's Johnny, I'm not picking on you, okay? But <laughs> the whole idea of, you know, whatever works for you, and that's a dangerous place to be setting our kids up because the, the truth is the world doesn't work that way. And the truth is I don't think it should. No, I think it also devalues when people work really hard and end up doing something extraordinary, right. it devalues what they've done. I think we can agree, and we're going to talk about this in a second, that criticism can have a real positive impact Absolutely. on our life as well. So I think we have to be careful of saying, well, if you think something is bad, you know, and you're critical of it, that, that doesn't belong in our culture. And mm -hmm. I think that's wrong. I, I think that it has a place. I don't think it has it any place. You know, let's face it, there are some people who, you know, they have that wonderful spiritual gift that God gave them through the power of the Holy Spirit to complain and be critical of everything, right? And <laughs> right. you go, okay, may maybe you're missing the point of this. But there is a place in our life where critical or criticism can help us. So I started reading a lot of blogs and stuff like that and articles about what it talks about on how a Christian or how a person who follows Christ can accept or learn or handle criticism. And one of the things that comes out over and over, almost all of them say this, is accept it and learn from it. Now, I think that's great. Don't get me wrong. Accept it and learn from it. That is a really neat, simple statement. But the truth is, it's probably a little too simple for me. And that is because the first step that's hard about criticism is accepting it. So let me ask you guys this question. What kind of things get in your way when you're trying to handle criticism well? What kind of things make it harder for you to handle criticism well that you find in your life? I think, uh, I think pride is, has got to be first and foremost. I mean, whenever I... Uh, whenever I'm uh, receiving feedback, criticism, whatever you want to call it, I mean, nobody likes to be told that what they're doing is wrong. I mean, it, it's a, it's a it's a hit against you, and and I think it really, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, from your past question, I didn't handle it well, and I think it comes from your value. I, I hope that I've gotten to this point where whatever criticism I I receive, whether praise or critique. Uh, it doesn't sway me to the left or right yeah. of who I am. Like, like I believe that I am valued. I believe that I am gifted and that uh, God has plans for my life. And nothing that someone says, even a, a, a great thing, nod for me or a, uh, an, an encouragement to grow in an area that doesn't change that. And so okay. I think, I think when I can kind of keep, uh, be grounded on that, it, 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 uh, fights back that, uh, that desire to have my pride flare up. I think also another thing for me, I, I won't stay, say all of them uh, that, that are coming to mind. I'll let you chime in as well. But I think another one is just uh, who who's giving the feedback as well. Um, you know, I think if it's someone that I can look up to and really respect, man, it's really easy to accept that feedback, to know that whoever's giving it loves me and wants the best for me. Like That's really easy. But sometimes, you know, you're saying, when is it hard Sometimes you receive it from people that uh, you don't feel that way about. No, and, and I've had that many times. Yeah. I, I remember being on the golf course one time, and it's a guy I played with all the time, and I beat him every single time. 
Right. I mean, I would always beat him, but yet he was always giving me what he called golf criticism on the way I swing, way I putt or whatever. <laughs> and right. I would listen. I, you know, I know it shocks you, but sometimes I'm competitive. And I just finally turned to him and said, I'll tell you what, dude, once you beat me once, and then you can make a PowerPoint presentation right. of the yeah, stuff yeah, you yeah. change about my swing. So yeah, it is. It has a lot to do with. Do you have the respect for that person right. or not? And so, and some a, a great leadership thought someone gave me. I mean, I remember I was twenty three, and someone said this to me: "You need to find the truth in every criticism." And man, that's really hard though if you don't respect the yeah. the person who's giving it to you. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't change the fact that there might be some truth that you can hold on to and use for growth. But um, but anyway, so. What Lindsay, about you, what about Lindsay? you? Do you get well, anything that makes it hard? I Well, I think I definitely agree with um, what you were saying, Matt, about is the value in in where I place my value. For me, I think it's it's the reason why sometimes it's hard to handle criticism is I'm putting value on what I do rather than who I am. Right. And so when my value is on what I do, then you're shaking the foundation of my identity there when you're like, you're not doing this well or or, or anything like that. And so... For me, that's a big one. And I actually don't think I saw it in that light until you said it that way. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I guess I guess that probably is where I struggle the most and why sometimes I that keeps me from really receiving criticism well and uh, deciding what I need to do with that critique, um, whether to, you know, keep it or take part of it or throw it all away. Yeah. So I think for me, it's definitely that pride and where I place my value. Um, and I, I would also say, I think it's definitely who I'm receiving it from. Those are my top two. Like I have a friend or two in my life. I have two friends in my life that have a place with me that no matter what they say, um, I can, I can take it from them because I know that they love me and I trust them more than I trust myself. Um, and so if they're saying that to me, then I know that's probably true. Um, and then there's other people that it, they could be telling me the truth, but if I don't have that relationship with them, my first instinct is they don't have a place to tell me what's right or wrong about what I'm doing. But really, God may be using that person in that moment to be like, Lindsay, I'm trying to get your attention. And so it's hard for me, just as it is for everyone to humble myself enough to receive that. But I, I think it's primarily from where's my pride at? Is it in what I do or in who God says I am. So I think a couple of things for me too, is also the topic. I mean, let's face it. If someone wants to criticize maybe, you know, how I'm leading or something like that, but you criticize maybe my family mm, yep, or the way I'm raising my kids or whatever, you know, that's a little bit harder. And, and mm-hmm. so I look at those things. I know timing is a lot. You know, if if I'm really tired or someone comes up to me right after the Sunday service, yep. you know, and I just got done or and I'm worn out and they're coming up and they're, I don't want to say attacking because that's judging the motives, but timing of it or, you know, the arena of it or the mood I'm in, there's a lot of things that can really affect you right. on handling criticism well. Right. And I'll tell you something, as a pastor, I'm a human being. And I have pride. I have, um, I have desires to do it right and, and and work hard. And I put that effort in. And so when you get criticized of it, uh, there's a lot of things that can make it hard. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament. It's about King David. It's taken out of Second Samuel, sixteen, and it says, "As King David came to Bahurim, a man came out of the village cursing them." 
It was Shimei, son of Gera, the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you'll taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. Why should this dead dog curse my lord and king, Abishai, son of Zerulah, demanded? Let me go over there and cut off his head. Now listen to what David said. This is the king, all right? Bad day, Absalom, right? The story of Absalom, bad day for David all the way around. Things are not smooth. He's not high on the mountain peak. He's in a deep in a valley. This guy, who he may know, doesn't know, I don't know, but he's cursing him and throwing stones at him and mocking him. One of David's men's, Abishai, said, let me go over there and cut off his head. And here's King David's response. No. Who asked your opinion, Abishai? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that's a rough one, all right? Yeah. I'm king. I'm having a rough day. Things are not going well. And some punk comes out of the previous administration, right? Saul's family, Saul's clan, and he's telling me that I did all these things, which I did not do, and I have the authority to send my mighty warriors up there to cut the dude's head off. Got to say, be tempting. He's throwing rocks at me, all right? But what did David say? No, in fact, he even kind of rebuked Abishai, the guy who wanted to defend David. Mm -hmm. And he said, who are you to stop him? Mm. You see, there's something there that amazes me. David was ready to listen to God. Because he said, Abishai, if he's telling me things, if he's cursing me and that comes from God, I need to listen. David was ready to listen to God. Now, I'm telling you, it is hard to listen to God when you are in the valley, when you are down in the dumps. If anything, you're usually just crying out to God. You know, why is this going on? Help me, Father, all that kind of stuff. But instead, David was ready to listen. Let me ask you guys another question. How do you prepare your lives, your hearts, your souls to listen to God? I, well, I think, well, you're talking about when, when you're down in the dumps, it's hard to listen to God. It's more crying out, right? And I, I think for me, that's what it is. Plus, it's easy to listen to myself talking about where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm talking to myself so loud about how terrible things are. I'm not giving my ear to God. And so I think um, for me, how I prepare to hear from God is I need to have time with God, just me and God uh, in a quiet place, reading scripture and tuning into his voice and asking him to speak and being quiet. And when I already have an anticipation of God is going to meet me where I'm at and speak to me, then I'm more ready to hear in whatever avenue he wants to take to get my attention. Good word. Matt, let me ask you a little bit different sure. question on this then. Have you ever thought about God speaking to you from the point of what seems to be criticism? 
I mean, we all think about God talking to us in either an encouraging voice or scripture or a sermon or podcast you hear or whatever, and you think about that and you think, wow, God, thank you so much. But have you ever thought about God speaking to you through criticism? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But only because, again, early on in my ministry, man, I was an arrogant little pup. I'm going to be honest. And I received some really brutal harsh, not not harsh, but very honest criticism. I, I received it in college uh, from uh, our dorm parent who lovingly enough pulled me aside to say, hey, you can do better. You have more to offer God's kingdom than what you're doing, and what you're doing isn't good enough. And and again, in my first ministry stop, I, I had uh, some friends who loved me enough. And so absolutely, my initial response was, you know what? Forget you guys. What do you know? I'm doing my very best. And I played my little violin, you know, you know, my little pity party. And, but it wasn't until I talked to some other people and they kind of came in with a a fresh eye and they said, you know what, Matt, there's some truth here and you need to hear that. And so uh, just from seeing that or living that out in my life where time and time again, people uh, God has used criticism to help me grow. I I think about uh, just this past week at staff meeting, uh, we were talking about the John 15 passage, um, and you were talking about uh, in that in that passage about the vine and the branches. You pointed out something that that I'd heard before, but it just was so such a good thought. Uh, I, I saw it in a new light after you discussed it. You know, you said that those who don't bear fruit, he cuts off, and I and I got that like, okay, God, I'm supposed to do good things for you. Got it. But then he said, those who do bear fruit, he prunes so that they can. Uh, provide more fruit in their lives. And and isn't that kind of what this is, that God coming in through some criticism sometimes? I mean, there's there's other ways he prunes, but man, I believe that uh, honest feedback, uh, no matter how it's delivered, if you are humble enough to take it, man, that can be a pruning opportunity and can help you grow in your faith and provide more fruit. Good. Well, I tell you, something I found myself, and I'm going to close with this, is that my problem is I'm not always ready to listen. Right. And that's not the deliverer's problem, and that's certainly not God's timing problem. Mm-hmm. That's me. You know, I'm I'm not always ready, and that's me that I got to work on it. You know, the the book of James says this. That understand this, my brothers and sisters. You guys know this verse. You must all be what quick to listen, mm-hmm. slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I love that quick to listen part. And if I am not ready to listen. I am not going to be slow to speak or slow to get angry, right? I mean, if you're not ready to listen, you're not ready to do anything. Right. That's where it starts. And I think in our lives, and I want to encourage you out there if you're listening, that if criticism or tough comments or whatever might be hard for you or you discount them too quick or whatever, I get it, first of all. I understand. But I think it starts with, are you ready to hear from God? Are you ready to listen to the voice of God? And you're not allowed to discount it. You're not allowed to say, yeah, if it's from God, but I'm not going to listen from that joker over there or whatever. You're not allowed to do that because here God used Shimei, right? So I want to encourage you to get yourself ready to listen from God. He might do it in a beautiful Hallmark card kind of way. That'd be awesome. Maybe some great anthem of a song, maybe some sermon you hear, podcast, whatever. That's awesome. But he just might do it in a way that might be difficult to hear. But 
if you're quick to listen, it'll be easier to be slow to speak and slow to anger. So I want to encourage you in that. You know, there's a flip side of this I didn't touch on, and I'm not going to today because of time, but there's a flip side, and that is we talked about receiving criticism. I think sometimes we can learn how to give criticism as well, don't you yeah. guys? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that um, I know for me um, it's, it's difficult um, to give criticism because I'm such a kind of a point-blank guy. Uh, you know, let's just get to it you stunk at that, you know, kind of thing. But I don't mean it like I'm going to throw you out of the window because of it. I mean, hey, you can do better. But I certainly got to get better at portraying that criticism so that I don't lose the audience because they automatically take it as something too difficult to hear because I just wounded them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, So maybe that's something we can talk about down the road. I don't know. But there is two sides to criticism. One is receiving and one is giving. So I hope this touched you. I hope it helped you a little bit. Uh, It's just some food for thought. I hope you appreciate it, guys. I appreciate your input and your transparency and your honesty in those. And, um, you know, if there's anything you want to know or you want to contribute to that discussion, again, it's, uh, let me get this right, Mike. It's kindred360podcast at gmail.com. Is that right, Mike? Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, is that you can actually go to the app when you download on Podbeam. You can actually make your comments within the app there and we'll see it and be able to respond That's um, great. when Very we cool. do the next episode. Very cool. Thanks, Mike. And uh, you know, the one thing, I'm uh, sorry. The one thing I also want to, about what we're talking about, I'm Italian. So <laughs> <laughs> I have that against me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get and, it, Mike. And uh, the old Mike was like, just mull everybody down because of my upbringing and my uh, being an Italian and, Basically, it's out of love no matter what it is. <laughs> and uh, the the newer side of me, in, in which is the daily work, also uh, being a boss is hard to do cre- creative criticism in my field and what I do. So that's like there's a double struggle for me across the board. And I'm the type of person that if you, if you pat my cheek and then slap me, I take it better than just slapping me. <laughs> hey, that's a good word. Good word. Yeah. Good word. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, listen, it was uh, it was good to have some time with you there. Um, hey, Lindsay. Yeah. Um, let's go over, let's do a little bit of our homework here for a second for some of our, um, maybe our prayer.com thing. Yeah. And all that. Why don't so you touch on a little bit of that? Just remember, we, we mentioned it last week, but we're just going to say it again. It's been cool to see there have been more and more users on our prayer.com app. Um, and so we just want to invite you guys hop on that app, get, a get signed up with Kindred Church. Um, you can get it in the app store. It's pray.com in the app store, not just pray. Um, so it's just a great way to communicate with the church family during the week or, or whenever to share what's going on. If you need prayer to partner with other people, um, that's a really great app. You can, you can hop on and find out how to be praying for your church family. Um, Another thing that's really cool that Kindred is doing right now, um, and this is just through next week, is that correct? The, through, through the, the end of the month. Through the yeah. month of August. Okay. Um, we're a family in our church had this great idea. Actually, one of the kids in our church had this great idea of doing a children's book drive. Um, for It's for the Children's Museum, um, but they're passing them out to kids who just don't have access to books. Um, and so this is just a really, this is a really cool ministry opportunity we have through this month 
we're collecting books at Kindred uh, on Sundays, but you can come in and bring it in during the week. We've got a book box out by the door. So um, they're requesting new or like new books. So please be a part of that. This is such a great opportunity to love on some kids who uh, don't have the privilege and access to books um, that everyone does. So you can do that through the month of August. That was encouraged by sweet little Esperanza. What a cute little girl. Seven-year-old? Is she seven? Is that right? Do you know? I think so. I don't think yeah. she's quite that old, but around there, yeah. Just really cool. Really cool. So happy to do that. That's really neat. Thanks, Linz. Matt, what's going on this week? Listen, we've got uh, a forged men's breakfast coming up. Uh, it's coming up this Saturday. When you download this, uh, it'll be the upcoming Saturday, uh, August the 25th. And uh, that'll be from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I, we recognize that our audience just isn't people uh, from our church. And so the the listening audience might be broader than that. And so wanted to just talk about Forged and why it's such a cool ministry. It's it's a men's group. We get together. Uh, it's it's kind of based off of one of my favorite verses in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we, and we really, really believe that. I know Talking today, our, our discussion about criticism, some of the best growing po- uh, moments in my life have been from getting around other guys and just encouraging each other to to get serious about our faith, to get serious about being better husbands, better men, uh, better fathers. And so uh, we do a number of events. Uh, and so we have, we've, we've taken guys out to, you know, one-time events like going to a shooting range. We just did that recently. Uh, we have we've had cookouts before where it's just like, hey, let's just get together and grill and hang and just uh, share a short devotional. And then we have these men breakfasts where we'll get together and we're going to eat. And I don't know about many men uh, who don't like to eat. And so and it's a killer breakfast. And then we'll we'll just sit and we'll talk about the things of God and encourage each other. So it's a really good time. So uh, if you're one of our guys who are part of our church family, we'd like to invite you. And even if you're not, hey, come and check it out. It's a really good time. And I have really grown uh, from some of our discussions. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, listen, it's good to have you. I want to say thanks for joining us here on um, Kindred 360. This was our second episode. That's awesome. I want to say thank you to Studio 77 for making this a reality in our life. And we would love to have you share with us, but also share with your friends about this podcast. Last week, we had between four and 5,000 people listen to our podcast. <laughs> I want you to hear that. Between four and 5,000 people listen to our podcast. The number so, four. Yeah. And so, we're, we're on Podbean, so while you're waiting... B-E-A-N, P-O-D, B-E-A-N, as in Nancy. This is the first thing I can think. Nancy. All right, listen, great having you. I want to remind you that Kindred Church worships at 10825 Midlothian Turnpike. We're right across the street from Johnson Willis Hospital. Our services are at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, and we'd love to have you. Look forward to seeing you. Look forward to being with you next week. Be good. God bless.
You've been listening to the Kindred 360 podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to check out our additional podcast, Extra 360. And be sure to subscribe to the Kindred 360 podcast to stay up to date with our most current episodes. We want to thank you for listening today and have a blessed week ahead.